lipstick? Why do I need more lipstick? I don't, why do you need it right as the timer goes off? That's just the way the cookie crumbles today. <laughs> How's it going, Rachel? It's going just so well. We just had a very enlivening conversation. And I'm kind of bent out of shape that we're now going to talk about work stuff and the podcast is going to disrupt our flow. But you had the option to take it in the other direction. <laughs> I wasn't ready. You I wasn't I wasn't ready to scrap our subject matter for today, which I prepared for so thoroughly. Uh, I'm sick of this topic, but I feel like it's one of your passions and you have actually an interesting take. You actually did just provoke some thought in me. So let's go. Let's go there. Do you want me to right, tee, let's go into tee, it. tee it up? I'll tee it up. Okay. okay. Here's the thing about remote work. I don't think it's as good as you all think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think most people are not suited to work remote. Most families are not suited for people to be in the houses working remote all day long. Mm. Yeah, we could have easily entered this as a conversation about remote work. Is it is it good or is it not good? Like we've heard that conversation a million fucking times. You know, I'm so bored again. of that conversation. So boring. It's so boring. But what's interesting is that because I immediately was like, Grace started making a case about you know why remote work is probably not as good as people think it is for them. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. Extroverts outnumber introverts three to one. So it makes sense to me that from like a personality perspective and a productivity perspective, it would actually serve most of us to be in social environments to do our work. And I also made the case that even still, there are pragmatic constraints or other values or concerns in life, like being able to stay home and be close to the family or just not having an easy commute to the office, whatever it is, that ultimately do make remote work worthwhile, even if it's not the best thing necessarily for our work satisfaction. And mm-hmm. Grace pushed back on that. So yeah. tell me, Grace, why don't you agree with that? Yeah, so I think the, the, the pragmatic concerns, it's interesting to me because what I've seen, the, what, what sparked this conversation, I keep seeing a lot of this stuff on LinkedIn and you guys know these posts because you fucking see them too. And it's someone does this, remote work, is not a perk. Remote work is not, and it's like 17 sentences of like, remote work is inclusive and remote work is this. And mm. sure, that can be true. But like everything else in life, it's just not that fucking binary. And I think having that conversation shuts down any actual conversation about it and shuts down the ability for people to go, does this actually work for me? So pragmatically, when people use like having children and child care as as an excuse that remote work is more convenient i bear with me i'm someone without children but i have a lot of people in my life with children one you just can't take care of children and do a good job at the same time like there's no world where you don't pay for child care and work from home full time and take care of your child while you're working and that's that's working for you and honestly, I think a lot of people in COVID would say that nearly drove them to the edge of their sanity. Oh, my God. Oh. Um, and then even, you know, the commute pieces or what do you say, Rachel? Like, sometimes it's worth it just to be in the house with your kid and then be able to, like, run across them in the kitchen. Yeah. Or yeah, that's what I said. I said you don't have to be taking care of the child just because you're at home. Right. It could just be that because you're at home, like you feel that sense of presence and connection to them. You feel like. Yes, you're able to have like a little moment in the kitchen with your child 
while you're having a work break. It's not that you're actually spending time with them all day long, but you have infinitely more of those precious or spontaneous moments than you would if you were out of the house. And without taking away from that, there's something very true to this like silly meme. I actually think you might have posted it and it was like so many of the ills of our world right now stem from the fact that we're trying to do all these things alone that we used to do with mm. the support of a village. Heck yes. And that's how I feel about that, which is like in the same way that you shouldn't be sitting at your computer for 12 hours a day alone, 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 doing everything. Your children should not be home alone, unsocialized all day with just adults mm. around. You know, my nephew just turned one <laughs> and his mom works from home. So he was home, his whole, you know, home. He was actually home with us with a, there was a bunch of us in the house early on um, for the first couple months. Then he was home alone with her and then they got a nanny a couple days a week and then they moved from, you know, then they did a partial arrangement. Nanny, like two days a week, daycare two days a week, home one day a week. And the exponential growth of his basic skills since going to daycare, which albeit is a very hard thing to do. I'm also not downplaying that. I'm not a mother, but even like watching him go to daycare was such a, Mm. you're like, oh, this little thing. He loves it. He's walking. He's talking. He's understanding things. He's napping really well. Like there's just something about taking cues from other people, socializing, being around other people. It's not good to be home alone all day. It's just not for anyone, children, adult. It's just not good. Yeah. So basically the point you're making is remote work isn't as good for you as you think it is because you need to socialize. Humans need to socialize. It's good for our mental health. It's good for our emotional health. It's good for our regulation. It's good for a lot of different things. Um, Well, socialize is the umbrella, yeah. Right. Like, so like we call like socialize is the umbrella, yeah. but there's so many things, the context for people for work, really, it's feeling like you're part of something bigger. That's the soul. That's the sole biggest motivator at work. Mm-hmm. And when people don't feel like that, they leave jobs way quicker. But I don't think you can, I don't think that's the same as socialization. Like, I think that you could feel part of something bigger without seeing your colleagues in person. It's harder to I stay agree. connected to. Um, I agree. I th- and this is a lot of the work I do. Like, I'm not trying to also downplay my the work I do here. Like, I do this remote connection work with with companies, but it's a hell of a lot easier to do it in person. To feel like you're something bigger, and there's there's notes you just don't hit remote. There's that's the thing that remote work hasn't solved for and I don't have a lot of optimism for it solving for is the ability to really feel connected to the people on your team right like even with all the silly icebreakers that you can put in in the front of a team's call or whatever and the offsites you can schedule every now and then it's just it's not I haven't found a replacement for in-person connection there isn't one this it's how we are wired as humans yeah, right. you know, and so it's you decide whether to approach it differently. But I'm just saying, for I'm not saying from a company perspective, but from a person to person perspective, are we all sitting down and going, is this really good for me? Am I really happy doing this? Mm-hmm. Is this really my best work? Like we're kind of doing to ourselves what ha- what what happened to us accidentally in the pandemic, where you're mm-hmm. home alone with 
a partner or parent or a sibling or a friend or whatever. And, you know, you start to get really bored of yourself, of that other person, because there's no, you know, this is a lot of what I heard of friends who were living with partners, you know, during the pandemic. There's no seeing them out about in the world, you know, other people being interested in them, attracted to them, watching them do things they're really good at. You don't get that when you're just home alone with no stimulation. And that makes people so much more attractive when you see them in that way. You're doing that to yourself by being home alone all day. I think the more boring version of yourself. Boring version of yourself. Well, I think that this is why I've chosen to land in a small community for the time being, because I've been working remotely since before it was cool. I had a remote job starting in 2018. um, And I just remember I was living in London for part of that time. And I was living in a neighborhoody neighborhood. And I would walk around during the day and like hit my neighborhood cafes and it would be dead silent. There'd be no one around. And even trying to be out of my house, soaking up the energy of public spaces, I felt lonely. And I felt like an odd one out because at the time, not nearly as many people were remote. And it's way different in London now. There are people in in these kinds of neighborhoods all day. It's super cool. But it still didn't have, even if I was with a barista and like two other people in a coffee shop, I still wasn't experiencing the type of connection that I wanted to experience. It was still lonely and it was still isolating. Today, however, like I would still choose to be with that trade-off. In fact, even then I would choose to be with that trade-off, right? So like, am I asking myself the question, is this really good for me? You know, occasionally I would have moments of reckoning where like I'd be winding down a work day and I would feel so sort of restless and unsatisfied and like empty, but like just weird. I would feel weird because I hadn't been around anyone. And I would sometimes notice like it wasn't really good for me. And I would accept that as a trade-off to being able to go wherever I wanted, yeah. whenever I wanted. Yeah, I would. So I think, and not to, I don't want to get into company structure of this. I want to keep this person to person, but, but what I try and do in companies is, and what I think other, you know, innovative cultural organizational people are trying to do is release some of those leashes on their employees mm-hmm. such that they feel that freedom. Yeah. But you're still, you're still, having a consistent experience of working at this place and being around other people. Right. That strikes me as the most viable path forward for companies that want to have the best of all worlds, because I think all companies and all employees would love to have the best of both worlds. They'd love to be able to go into the office a few days a week, but not have to be there. And realistically, does it just, does it make sense to carry the overhead of an office that can support an entire staff if they don't even have to be there? Right. Like that is a difficult expense to justify, I imagine. And there's just a lot that has to be hammered out. I think it's most realistic to have in person as the baseline. But Grace, I like what you're speaking to the idea of freedom or flexibility or something within that, which necessitates trust or trust requires trust, requires a lot of trust, which I think is often one of the missing ingredients um, in all companies, but especially companies that are resisting remote culture. Hugely. And I think when people are answering these surveys, you know, that their executives are sending out going, um, do you want to work remote, hybrid? What do you want to do? People are blindly opting into the convenience. Well, what if we want to go away in the summer? What if we want to take Fridays away and we want to do this? They, they, they opt for the convenience and maybe their, their workplaces are not giving them the nuanced conversation, but I think, 
if you really in your heart of hearts are answering realistically, sitting there going, I, I would like a way to have some consistent in-person experience. I don't want to be nailed to a city commute five days a week, or I don't want to be nailed to whatever, a two hour drive five days a week, but I, w- I do better with some consistent in-person experience. Mm-hmm. I want to feel like I'm part of something here. Mm. That's the stuff I want people to think about. I'm not hearing that conversation. So what are some of are the you? signs? Um, I hear, I definitely hear from the people who are self acknowledged extroverts and are like, I like being in the office. I'm productive, but I'm curious, like, what are the signs that maybe remote work isn't working for you as well as you think mm-hmm. it is? Like, how would you know if you're actually suffering a little bit in your remote work structure? It's a really good question. Uh, lack of motivation yeah, mm-hmm. is a huge one. Yep. Um, I also see people have stopped their, 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 they're living in a lot of confusion about their future goals. Hmm. So living with a lot of gray, I don't know this. I, I long for something different. I want something else. This isn't working for me. I have no clarity on what the way forward is. Hmm. And I have no way to get myself from where I am to clarity. Um, I also think at a basic level, people aren't sleeping. Hmm. Um, they are fighting with their partners or whoever they're with a lot. They're really irritable. Hmm. Um, I see this on the roads a lot. Like people are ragey drivers and this was, it pops like right after COVID and now it's popping again a little bit where they have no awareness of other people. You can see this in the grocery store a little bit, really like a lack of awareness of other people, um, I saw this in myself. Excuse me one second. Um, I saw this in myself coming out of COVID the first couple times that someone was going through a door and I went, someone else opened it for them. And I was like, oh, fuck, I should open that. Or, you know, a mom's with a stroller down the stairs. You watch, I watched other people step in and I'm like, why isn't my brain tuned to that anymore? Mm. Um, and it just, it wasn't mm. because I wasn't around anyone. Mm. So th- those are what I would say. I would say but on a work level, feeling really like unmotivated, unclear, cloudy about work. Um, but then also on a personal level, being really irritable, not sleeping, not motivated, sort, sort of your, your like basic, like feel better things. And then noticing, like, really be honest with yourself. Are you in the grocery store looking around if someone drops something? Do you notice? Do you pick it up? You think about picking it up? You know, if someone bumps in, like, do you bump into people a lot? Like, are you noticing other people? If someone cuts you off on the road, like, did you see that coming? Like, what is your awareness of other people? Yeah, interesting. I was, I mean, that also sounds like me living in New York City. (laughs) Forget (laughs) other people exist, but that's a very unique. Uh, thing. Um, I, I like that. I vibe with that. I've got a couple that I would add in my own. Um, I would add the like inability to feel that your day is done and to mm. sort of always feel the little tentacles of Slack or email or whatever pulling at you in the evening, in the morning, all the time. Um, for the high achiever types that I've worked with, um, there's this sort of inability to feel that they've proven themselves when they're working remotely. 
they kind of feel like they need to be more responsive so that they can show what they're doing. And um, just, yeah, it, there's like this overcompensation that happens in that way. It feels very hard for people to shut off. So that's one thing. Yes. You want to add something? I No, I, yes. I was going to add that um, I speak to a lot of people who feel like they need to have that linking of their, yep. their direct message on all the time. Yep, totally. To prove they're working. Yep. I would also say having um, excessive or predominantly negative thoughts, suspicions, doubts about your colleagues, right? Because mm. you're dehumanizing them. You're only seeing them in a negative light. You're not actually having these little exchanges with them that bond you to them. And you're thinking purely about, you're, you're thinking purely about um, what you're seeing in a work exchange and it defaults negative because you're dehumanizing them because you're not connecting to them in person. And then thirdly, I would say, do you want to add something? I'm going to pause for you. No, no. <laughs> thirdly, I'm, I would I'm say, completely. like you're excited. I want to give you space. Thirdly, I would say that at the end of the day, you kind of have this icky feeling, right? If you try to, if you try to shut down and you try to like go for a walk or cleanse it off or whatever, there's this sort of feeling that you're incomplete or that you're not satisfied. And it's kind of similar to, to item number one, but I can just really remember like leaving my office in Berlin, my co-working space, um, when I was adjusting to my remote work job and be like, what do I do with myself? It was a feeling of like, what do I do with myself? Because I didn't have any coworkers to like leave with. No one was going for drinks. You know, I was walking into this park full of people. I didn't know where my friends were. You know, they were busy doing other things. So I had like no one to be connected with. And actually I felt even more lonely when my workday was finishing. So there was this, this like sort of weird, icky, aimless feeling at the end of the day. Rachel, you just articulated those things so beautifully. Oh. I really, I, I think people will resonate with that because I, I resonate with it and it, it not probably not something I've articulated well before mm-hmm. I would add on to your last one, not, not only that icky feeling. And I think, you know, you and I both have different lifestyles than someone our age with kids, but when you take that icky feeling and then you go right into like dinner and bedtime or whatever you're doing with your family you're putting a lot of pressure on your kids and your partner or your mom or whoever is there to help you mm. extract that feeling. Yeah. And you know what? They're going to fail. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do it. Yeah. Your kid's not going to have some like perfect Instagram reading moment with you every night mm. where you're like, oh my God, I just birthed the most wonderful, you know, child. Like maybe yeah uh, maybe once a week maybe yeah. probably less you know but like that's so much pressure to put on the people around you that's really interesting totally it's really interesting because obviously I think that when you have young kids there's this desire to soak up every moment and be as present as possible and absence does still make the heart grow fonder right like we need space yeah. we need personal time um in a way like going to the office or having time out of the house gives you that yeah. And, and I just want people to be cognizant of the fact that just because it's more convenient does not mean it's better, more mm. convenient. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm having like an allergy attack. More convenient does not mean better. Mm. More convenient does not mean better. Yeah. agreed. And I think interestingly, like we do prioritize convenience too much in our lives in general. 
right? Like I hadn't really conceived of remote work being primarily about the convenience. I perceived it as being about the, um, the time that you get to have to invest in other things that you love, the richness of that time, um, somewhat of a health benefit according to some, but ultimately it feels like, yeah, it's just convenient. It's convenient. It's lazy. It's like, <laughs> it gives me more time, but what am I really going to do with it? Am I going to utilize it? Because we used to be so much more productive before the pandemic too. I mean, I'll speak for myself. It was like, I could get up at 6 a.m., go to a, a yoga class or a spin class or whatever, dry my hair, do my makeup, drop off my dry cleaning, get coffee, get breakfast, and then go to the office and be starting my day at like 9.30. And in remote worlds, I'm like sleeping in, I may be going for a walk or meditating, very useful, but I would start my day at like 10, 11, and I hadn't done nearly as much. And I think like both of those modes are valuable in their own ways. But the question is like, are you really doing something with that convenience? I want a world where both of those are part of your everyday thing, because I do believe in that. I think it's great to sleep late, go for a walk, get your day started around 11 if you have that privilege. The other thing, <clears throat> so the other thing I want to say is this feeling of belonging, and and I'm adding this because I think you articulated those other pieces so beautifully, and I want people to be mindful of these things. So I'm, I'll give you my very personal example. I'm one of my like dearest love languages is physical touch. And, you know, that shows up for me in every single relationship in my life, um, regardless of sort of romantic or whatever, like anyone who I have affection for, I, I, I have a physical touch relationship with them. And so the last company I was in, the last in-person company I was in was um, before COVID and I've talked about them before and we had such a beautiful culture. So I had so many friends there and it was a very physically affectionate to, to the extent that there were some people who weren't, that wasn't their thing, but a lot of people were physically affectionate or if, you know, hugs and this kind of thing are like, Oh, Rachel, you know, pat on the back. Like that was so cool today, what you did. And so I just felt, I didn't, it was all under the surface. It was all subconscious. And I just felt such a part of something. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I belonged and I felt like I was valued. And it was all of these like deep, deep feelings of satisfaction. I ended my day satisfied at a deep level even if I had a bad day but I you know what I like yeah. I had that deep satisfaction like here I'm pointing at my solar plexus for anyone who's who's mm. on that <laughs> so COVID hit I take the train home whatever night that was the train's empty I get home and everything goes remote and two weeks after that I think I was talking to my therapist and I was like I feel like I'm going to jump out of my skin. I feel so lonely. Mm. I am so like hanging by a thread. I, I can't understand why just moving to remote makes me feel like that. And she was like, every interaction you have that's part of your consistent environment, the person you get your coffee from, your doorman when you say hi to him, the you, people you sit next to, the people you have lunch with, the people you see, like those are cues of belonging. And mm -hmm. so you were getting thousands of belonging cues every single day and they shut off like a faucet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No shit. You feel crazy. Mm -hmm. No shit. You feel like you're hanging by a, you know, a thread. So it was really interesting for me. And then, then you're like, 
and that was in the middle of COVID and there was really no way to navigate that at that point. There was no way to make that different. Um, and it, you know, you live with it, you learn to live with it. And then I went from that to a remote company and I thought I could really, it was, I was, it was early, I was like a founding member of a startup and they were on the West coast. And I really thought I could do this and be a part of this remote company. And I really was like rah, rah to get in. And I, I, I hated it with every fiber of my being. And I tried to push, push, push through and I hated it and it wasn't good work. I wasn't a happy person. Like it just wasn't great. Um, now I've been doing this on my own and I've had to figure out ways and I'm not going to talk about them like in depth here right now, but there are ways that I'm out in a consistent environment with people um, because I fucking have to, Yeah. because it is, it's my nervous system needs it. My brain needs it. Um, and I, I want people to be cognizant of that because it's like anything else. You get used to living with a level of discontent. Because you just, it's like boiling the frog. You just get kind of used to it. You're like, meh. You know, when I was with that little company that was remote, I'm like, eh, it's not as bad as, you know, half my half my company getting fired and all of, you know, everyone's sending each other goodbye notes. So, like, this is better. So, okay. You know, um, and then you're kind of like, it's okay. And, yeah, I just I I'm interested for people to just think about this with a little more nuance. Mm, yeah. Is really the best feel because yeah. I believe in with the depths. This is why Rachel's letting me run on. I believe in the depths of my being that what we have right now is an opportunity to take what was amazing about what we had before, and what's really convenient and cool about what we have now, and have the best of both worlds. Mm. We have to be honest with ourselves mm. if we're gonna make it work. Mm. Yeah, this is, I I think like the takeaway is for people who are feeling currently really wed to remote work, or like it's the only option for them now, just to consider, is this really working for me? And what signals am I noticing in myself to indicate that either yes, it is or no, it isn't? You know, how are you feeling about your coworkers? How are you feeling about the work you do? How are you feeling at the end of the day? And um, are you being are you being nurtured, right? The nice thing is that outside of COVID, we can actually create those moments of belonging. We can go to the gym in the morning. We can go to the coffee shop. Um, but at that point, you might as well also just consider going to an office <laughs> if you're going to leave all day. For me, it's still about freedom. I would never trade being able to work remotely and go where I want or going into an office. But I do definitely make a point to be around people and to get stimulated in that way so i i say we're gonna build a 50 person company you mm -hmm. go full remote yes i would yeah i would uh i have no designs to build a 50 person company so it's like not even something i can <laughs> like spitball on right now because it's not even crossed my mind um <laughs> but yes i would <laughs> yeah yeah that's why i like having this <coughs> conversation with you yeah, mostly for me because I don't want to be anywhere. I don't want to, I don't want to have to be somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that you know it'd be great to be able to like have a co-working membership or, you know, have a but Even the co-working like I've tr I mean I've tried different versions and I it, it's not the same as teammates. No, it's not. I never even speak to anybody in co-working. 
I'd be standing and I also be like, please move from the coffee maker. I don't know who you are. Who are you? I would be at the coffee maker. Like, my office. So how's your mom? <laughs> like, who, who are you? I, who are yeah. you? I don't know you. There's some other guy at my coffee machine in his kitchen. Like, and you're like, how's your mom? Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But I think. Wait, what were you just going to say about the co-working? I do. I want to add that I don't think the companies are doing it amazingly well right now. And it's not because there's not smart people trying to make the decisions. I actually think there's this, like, again, this thing on LinkedIn, remote work's not a perk. Like, people think there's, like, fat cat CEOs are sitting there going, everyone needs to come back into the office and, like, be in the mines and work in the mines. It's like, uh. no, they're trying. Most, most, most CEOs who I talk to, and I talk to a lot about these things, are are pretty savvy and they're trying to figure out ways that these things work better and they're also being held hostage by these external circumstances Mm. of demands Mm. that are getting made Mm. and so everyone's trying to figure it out and I don't I don't think like I also don't think when I when I think in an ideal in-person situation it's not going into an office to sit there and be on zoom calls all day well to our you know, to the point of our previous episode, if you're a CEO who thinks it's better for your team to be in person, uh, own that and let that be part of your value system, in-person connection, right? Or something along those lines, because you want people who yeah. are selecting into that. And I think that no one is really held hostage. If that's what you value and that's what you think is is worthwhile for your team, then you need to own that. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. 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 You're right. All right. I think that's it for us. Anything else? I'm complete said my piece let's go back to tarot cards <laughs> yeah maybe one day we do some tarot card reading online maybe we'll we'll bring it on here all right have a good week everyone